Welcome to Fear the Walking Prequel, Tribal Rant's unofficial podcast for AMC's Fear the Walking Dead. I'm Michelle. And I am Michelle's husband, Mike. And tonight we're podcasting Fear the Walking Dead, Season 2, Episode 2, We All Fall Down. It aired on April 17th. 2016. Now we know this was called We All Fall Down. Because Ring Around the Rosies and the little story that they told yeah. the little girl about the flowers. Yeah. Yep. We, we met some little kids in this and she was singing Ring Around the Rosies. And I think also if you just think about the whole series We All Fall Down and that kind of like what they're leaning toward at this point. I mean, even the people who didn't want to be called self, uh, survivalists, they want to be called self-reliant, even those people were just kind of biding their time. It seemed like to the end of time, like they had accepted that that, that was the end. Yeah, and they were just going to die there. Right. So we all fall down, may even have like a another meaning, like they all fall down. So what did you think about episode two? I liked it. Did you? Yep. What did you like about it? I like that they're getting more into the uh, on the road again kind of theme. You know, where you know zombie apocalyptic survival is a constant moving thing. It's more like an action adventure movie at this point. They they're on the boat. They're going here. They're going there. They're mobile. They don't know where they're going. I like I like I like the uh, I like the movement. I like the yeah. the, the adventure esque. Thing that's going on. Yeah, there's a lot hidden though too, don't you think? As far as like with Strand and and a lot of uncertainty, and it seems like everybody almost has like their own uh, little, if not secrets, then privacies that they are trying to kind of keep from everybody else. Uh, Daniel and Ophelia. You know, Daniel's got his secret stuff that Ophelia just found out about he how well, he was past. right. Yeah, he worked with uh, like some some Central American rebels or something. Right. He was on a like a like a torture squad. Right, like an interrogation yeah. squad or something. And then we've got Nick, who's got his problem. Yeah, but Nick's problems out in the open. Everybody knows he's a drug addict. Well, everybody didn't know because they would have guarded their house a little bit better if everybody would have known. They didn't like walk in and tell them. We start out with these little kids on the beach and they're walking around, didn't you? Th- and and we see the zombies like washing up washing on the beach. Up on shore That's just, and that is not fair. You're on an island and zombies washing up on the beach. I mean, yeah. water zombies are not fair. They're not fair. Speaking of water zombies, I mean, now it's a horror show, is it not? I mean, you're on, you're on a beach and. Zombies are washing up on the beach. Yeah, you would think that would be like the one safe place. That's a it's a, it's a horror show now. How long would it take before there's no more water zombies? How long would <laughs> a zombie possibly live in the water? Know. Because I mean, you got sharks. You got you wouldn't imagine that the zombies, particularly they're bloody half the time and losing entrails and stuff like that. You would think that would just be a big feeding frenzy for sharks. You no, know, that's a good point. I don't think these zombies looked that bad, considering they had just floated up and been in the water for who knows how long. Yeah, but remember, you know, they're all, like you said, they're all still kind of new zombies. They are, but they've been in the water. Our kids, when they were young, being they in the water. They should be nice and clean, then. For oh, six yeah, hours, yeah, yeah. they'd they come be out like and be all pruned or, yeah. up. And, yeah, maybe. Maybe zombies don't prune. But we, maybe. Maybe they don't. But we didn't notice, or we didn't know, that there was a fence in between those little kids out there running around getting seashells and the zombies coming up. I was no. pretty good, glad to see that fence in between them. Yeah, otherwise it would have really been a horror show. Did you get what the kids were doing taking that little shell tray down to the 
fence line. Did you understand what that was about? I couldn't hmm. figure that what out. What were they doing? It was maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But they kept saying that they were going to get in trouble and they had to go back. Some cute little kids out there playing, all, you know, dressed nicely. and But that's the only thing that we get in the beginning of this. Then we go into the intro. And then we come back and Maddie's scolding Nick for going under the boat. So no time's passed. I think that's the reason they showed us that. This is like pretty much. Yeah, this is a continuation of last episode. Yeah. Immediate. Well, Travis comes in and he's telling Maddie that San Diego's gone. He's found that log book. He's opened that log book that Nick brought back. And remember on The Talking Dead, they said before that we were going to find out some information that was going to be relevant to the show in the log book. And this relevant information is evidently that this boat had been up and down the coast, or at least been in parts of the coast, and found that everything was gone. Yes, San Diego is dead. Well, they take this to Strand. He points out the other problem, that that boat's still following them. Yeah, and they're sitting there kind of having a um, strategy session, and I'm not sure that Strand would be taking input from the group because he's not very open to anybody else's suggestions about everything from, you know, where they should go to who they should pick up or, or what they should do. What do you do. think about Strand? I know we talked about this last time. Do you have a, any other... I think he's a drug dealer. But I, I, but I, but I can't dealer. figure out why he's still like on mission. Because, you know, later we see him on the telephone with somebody. I don't think it's drugs. Setting up a rendezvous. Well, what's the, what's the issue? I don't know. You know, I was thinking about him. Like, back from the beginning, right? And he was in the area with Nick. And we don't even know why he was there. We know why Nick was there. Because Nick was a drug addict and they took him there to the hospital area. But we don't even know why Strand was there. Maybe, maybe Strand was a criminal and he was in prison and they brought the prisoners there and put them there. Now, I'm just completely high Hello, drug dealer. Well, right. Yeah, but But they wouldn't have brought him in a blazer and slacks if he was a prisoner. Well, that's a good point. I don't know. I don't know. I think Strand, I think Strand knew something. I think Strand, I'm very conspiracy theorist towards Strand. I think he was in the know. He was a plant there to find people. There was some reason why he took Nick and this whole (laughs) gaggle of people with him. And I don't think it was his boat either. I don't think that was his boat. Now, I think I might have said that last time. And then Daniel pointed it out this time that Strand said, a boat, not my boat. You know, that doesn't mean anything. Daniel wouldn't have said that, I don't think, if we weren't going to No, I mean the phrase that Strand used is innocuous. I mean, Daniel you know, made up, made something out of it. And there may be something to that because he made something out of it because it was in the script. But if somebody right. says, hey, no, you're, I agree. you're sitting on a $10 million boat, <gasps> you said a $10 million right. boat. Not your, I don't get that for that statement. I completely agree with that. I'm, I'm just saying, I think the reason they said that was because this is not Strand's boat. I don't know if this is even, if that was Strand's house. I don't know, or I don't. I, there's something, something going on. And we find out later on he's talking to somebody on his little, like, satellite phone or something. Some. I mean, I thought cell phones were down. Yeah, well, I mean, a satellite phone wouldn't be, would it? I don't know. They decide that they're going to go hide in a cove somewhere. Now, you're you're the Navy guy. Can you hide radar? I didn't work in the radar room. Oh, okay. I worked on the flight deck. I was around the jets. You know? So you don't know if you can hide? In a I coat? don't know if you can hide, but I would think maybe your radar signature would be gone if you were like against the pier, but I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know that, but they're saying that they'll have shortwave radios and supplies, but he's already got a shortwave radio. Yeah, he, she was talking to 
to the guy that was following them. Right. On we a assume, radio. yeah, on, on a shortwave radio. Yeah. Or what know. we think is a shortwave radio. It may be some other type of radio. Right. They may be wanting a better radio. Who knows? Okay. Then Travis is talking to Chris, and I said he might get a pass for the second episode. So I'm going to have to give him a pass, particularly since he seemed to kind of man up a little bit in this episode. About the first season. Did you give him a pass for the first season, too? Chris? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can get behind these teenagers acting like that because that's how teenagers can act. But I can't get behind them not being called on it ever. It's like he punched his dad in the face and he's just standing out there solo and has nothing. I agree. If discipline's not your thing, that's okay. But certainly during the zombie apocalypse, it should become your thing pretty quickly because... It matters. Well, I mean, I'm not even necessarily talking about discipline. I'm just talking about attitude. Who would want to be around somebody who has an attitude like that? You see the adults. There's no room for it. I agree. No, no, there's no room for it. But then they're pulling up to this island, and this is where they decided to go. And the light blinks, and it blinks twice, and Maddie happens to see it. Yeah, we find out later that the lady inside did it on purpose. Right. Now, it was Travis, Maddie, Alicia... Chris and Nick, who went up to the house, and Daniel and Ophelia and Strand stayed on the boat. Now, why do you think Daniel didn't want to leave Strand? I know why Ophelia didn't go. She's been shot, and she's on antibiotics, and she doesn't look like she feels good even still. And plus, she's really moody, it seems like, right now, too. Maybe because she's sick. Daniel doesn't trust Strand as far as he can throw him. No, he doesn't. But why do you think, do you think he was afraid he was going to leave him? And if he's going to leave him, why take him to begin with? I just didn't really understand why he left on there. But Daniel kind of said later on, didn't he, that he was asking Strand who he wanted to leave or something. It's funny that this is a different kind of dynamic. You mentioned they were all walking up to the house together. And, you know, in The Walking Dead, you don't walk up to a house and start talking. You know, you you approach a house ready to kill. Right. And these people are just kind of walking up trying to cajole whoever's inside to come out and trying to talk to them. Right. And you just don't see that, you know, after a certain time, I guess, in an apocalyptic situation, in a, in, at least in The Walking Dead. Well, yeah, yeah I can't so imagine. So they're all going up. It's still more like a, hey, you know, we need help, and we know you're in there, and everything's good, because in The Walking Dead, you know, you expect to get shot when you walk up to somebody's house, or you expect it to be full of zombies you've got to kill before you right. can go in and get the, you know, pinto beans that are left in the cabin. Yeah, but they knew that this wasn't zombies. The zombie's not going to flicker a lot. No, no, I know. It's right, but it's just different. It's a different dynamic of all these people just walking up to this house making noise. But it is tense, and it's dark, and then Travis starts calling out, and that surprises Maddie and all of them. But I guess, I don't know, he's probably afraid he gets shot or something. But the door opens up a little bit, and the little boy who we saw earlier on the beach comes running out. We find out his name's Harry. Also, how did they have light? Uh, I thought, like, all the power had been killed, and certainly I would think that offshore it would... They wouldn't have any power. I thought they said they had electricity. Yeah, I know, but from where? They have a generator, or I don't know, because it powers their whole house. I mean, I'm assuming that they did have a generator of some kind, some kind of maybe solar or something like that, since they're out there and they're self-reliant. And why do they have the lights all lit up now that everybody's there? And before at night, they were observing, you know, a blackout situation. I would think they'd be doing blackout every night. Yeah. Because as soon as everybody, as soon as you know, Travis and the gang get inside, you know, all the lights come on and, you know, they're they're trading recipes and hanging out. Well, they, out. Were, they were actually sitting there by um, by candlelight, weren't they? 
or were they not? I thought I thought it was candlelight. They I thought were they had lights on. Okay, I was thinking that. I thought I saw candlelight. But either way, maybe they just had it on the lower floor or something because you can't see the upper floor. I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't know. Maybe there. They turn it out if there's boats out there, but I didn't see anybody really on the lookout for boats. I yeah. don't know. What yeah, I think that might be a, a flaw in the, in the overall thing. Because, you know, it was blacked out before. Yeah. Well, we come back from a commercial, and George is the is the uh, dad, the guy, the male of the house, and he and Travis are talking. George keeps offering him a book. What do you think yeah, about that? Well, and other things, you know, take take anything you want. And yeah. Trying to give him a book. Well, he says no one's writing any new books in for any time in the foreseeable future, which I thought that was yeah. kind of an interesting thing to hear. Well, I mean, George, he's a fatalist. Um, Travis, I thought it was funny when he walked up to the house and said, "You have nothing to fear right. from us." I mean, it's like, you know, during a zombie apocalypse, you have something to fear from everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I. I heard that. I didn't know if he was maybe talking about because they're not sick, and he did. And he did say that. He said, "No one here's sick. We don't mean you any harm or whatever." But I don't know. It was nice of George to take him in anyway. But we find out that all of those little fires were napalm. Now tell me what you know about napalm. I'm assuming you know something about that. Napalm's like a it's a gelatin type of uh, accelerant that they they drop napalm and. Everything that the the gelatin sticks to burns white hot and burns through whatever it sticks to. Would that explain the many little fires in places? Uh, no, not to me. I mean, maybe because it, napalm when they drop napalm explodes and, and spreads. So if a you know a glob of it stuck to something, it would burn for a while by itself. Well, right, and we were seeing fires on stuff like the beach, like a fire, and then on the concrete of the patio of uh, Strand's house. Napalm was popularized by those uh, Vietnam-era movies and movies about Vietnam. It was widely used during the Vietnamese conflict. Well, George is telling them that all the places that are gone, he's naming off all the places that are gone, and essentially there's pretty much nothing left. The interior of the country is no better than the coast. He's had yeah. contact with yeah, he's pointing out places all the, the way to the continental divide at least that he knows about is yeah, pretty much dark yeah then we see maddie she's talking to the mother of the house her name is melissa and melissa's kind of grilling her on where on you know did she work where'd she work what did you think about that conversation did you I think just, anything before it came out later i thought she was kind of desperate sounding oh well melissa was asking her about kids i think she was trying to get her feel for how she would you know, do with her children. Eventually, sure, we find that out. But I didn't know if you got any feeling for it before we got to the end and found out that that was going on because I just felt like she was really desperate, like desperate for a friend and desperate to have somebody to talk to. And I think she was just desperate to get her kids somewhere. But she was also saying that she was talking about being there and I got the feeling she didn't love being there. And she was there. You know, she's talking about how she did this stuff before she met George and all that. And yeah, now she, felt she doesn't stuck. have this. Yeah. yeah. And then we see an, another guy come in, Seth. It's her oldest son. And Seth's much different in age than Willa and Harry, the younger kids. He's like, what would you say, 17, 18, maybe? Yeah. And, um, if I had to guess, yeah. Yeah, and Willa and Harry are, what, five, six? They're little. Yeah. But Seth reminds you of his father. He's real mistrustful and kind of hard, yeah, I think, kinda, already. Yeah. 
But Maddie's just making sandwiches and asking for wine. Asking for more wine. She's sitting there, like, making sandwiches like it's her house and it's her food. And, like, licking her fingers as she's going along. And yeah, she's made herself at home, hasn't she? Yeah, it seemed like she was. Well, then we go back to the boat and we see that little conversation between Daniel and Ophelia. What did you think about what she said to him? She's uh, saying how, how the world is... got cruel. And yeah, now cruel. she helps her understand him a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was like a dig at him, do you think? Or do you think it was like a dig? Or do you think it was just her saying, I get it now? How did you take it? Because I took it as a dig. Yeah, I think both ways. I think do you think? Had, I think it had dual meaning, yeah. We see Nick, and he's playing with the little kids inside the house. He's, yeah, I know. Invite the drug addict to your room. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's what I'm saying. They don't know anything about Nick, right? And What were the red, the red dots on the doll's heads were where his brother had been shooting zombies in the head, right? That was symbolizing where you had to shoot right, zombies. Right, where you had to put something through their brain. <sighs> I mean, what a horrible, horrible thing. But then Harry said that about power pills. Yeah, they mentioned the power pills, and that's... That you take to make the family stay together. So the family can stay together. Those are the... Yeah, that's the, the suicide solution. Yeah. Did you know that he was talking about that when he first said it, though? Because he's like, we're going to be okay, though, because we've got power pills that keep our family together, this little kid. Sat yeah, on I kind of I kind of felt Did like that. You? Then, he, then he told, what he told Travis and Maddie later, that uh, he felt like George was going to go all Jonestown yeah. on him. You, you're, you know what George, Jonestown was, course, right? Yeah. You know, Jim Jones killed sure. all of his followers. He, he had them commit mass suicide. You know how many people? died i don't remember 909 people. was it that many yeah i remember i was a kid and i remember seeing the images on television of all the bodies and everything it was the largest singular uh, mass suicide it's considered mass murder by a lot of people because you know they were just following jim jones orders anyways it was the largest single civilian loss and something like that before 9-11 really mm-hmm. wow but I did make a note here that even though things seem pretty good on this island, that there's something dark going yeah, on. Yeah, I don't understand why they're just sitting there waiting to die. I'm thinking they're doing pretty good there on the island. You know, they've got an island. And as long as they keep it cleared out, I think I think that's like I agree better than you. having a prison. Uh, well, if these zombies would quit washing up on shore, maybe. Yeah, but I if they wash that. up on shore and you got a fence, you go down, you, you know, pickaxe to the head and... You got a rifle and you... Well, right, but your island's going to be, you know, circular or certainly have a border of water all the way around it. And, I mean, how much fence can you have? It's like you said, though, eventually the zombies will quit washing up. We just don't know when. Maybe, right? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, uh, you you would certainly hope. Okay, then we go to where Daniel's talking to Strand on the boat. Boy, he's still quizzing him. He's interrogating him. Yeah, Strand doesn't like sitting still, and he wants everybody to come back. He's real anxious for the group to come back. And this is where Daniel asks him, he says that he didn't plan on so many people. And Strand says they'll do fine, that they got water, and Daniel's a heck of a fisherman, or something like that. So that was kind of telling like, Strand counted on some people, but maybe not as many people as he ended up getting with that group. Uh, yeah. I yeah. don't know. It's funny. He called him uh, VAO. That means old man. He goes, where's you know the trust? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where's the trust, VAO? He kind of tried to, try to blow it off. Well, I don't think we can blame Daniel for not trusting Strand. He doesn't seem... I mean, he's he's obviously, I guess, saved them, right? But I don't think that means that... He's completely honest about Yeah, he keeps pointing everything. that out, too. Well, he does. Then we go back to George. He is crazy. Is that guy not crazy? He is Who? nuts. George. George. 
he uh, calls Travis Maori. Maori. Yeah, and, and Travis really is of Maori descent. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't think that George would be able to pick out, uh, you know, I mean, have you ever heard of Maori before we learned about uh, I haven't, no. Travis's, Travis's heritage? I mean, no. I've never heard of it, and I don't think that George would have. Well, he said he was a amateur... Anthropologist? Is that what he said? Anyways. And he said he's an amateur a lot of things. Travis really is of Maori descent. Mm-hmm. He's from New Zealand. Oh, but the thing that he was talking to him about was he felt like I think he was kind of a kindred spirit with Travis because he felt like he had Travis point out that they had taken his grandmother back home to bury her. And so he felt kind of kindred with that because he said he thought... Home meant something. And the land and people should grow up and be buried and on the same, you know, be born and buried and all that. Yeah, I didn't get that, but I guess I get it now. That's that's a good point. Travis is talking to Maddie as they're walking out, and he says that George told him that they never go to the mainland. And this is where Maddie points out that she believes Melissa flipped that light on on purpose. Yeah. And I do, too. Well, Nick and Alicia are on the boat, and they're discussing how they have stopped the climate crisis. Yes. Yeah. But Nick, now, you know, we've had some pretty negative things to say about Nick, but he's really an intuitive on this, right? Yeah, he's sitting there thinking about those kids' future. Right. Yeah. And he feels like something's wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. He just gets it. Alicia, on the other hand, she doesn't get She's like, there's something wrong everywhere, just kind of blows it off, but Nick really gets the kind of the bad feeling about whatever dark's going on there. Well, the next morning, we see Chris come up on Seth. Yeah, and then he takes the pickaxe and takes a couple of swings and at the zombies through the cyclone fence, you know, and he, he, I think he likes it, and then Travis sees him and is Did just, you think he liked it? Is that what you thought? Yeah, I think he enjoyed it. I thought he just felt... Like he was doing something. He finally had some kind of, um, some way to feel like something he did mattered. I didn't necessarily think that he got, like, joy out of killing him, but he felt... I mean, he may not get joy out of the actual killing, but he does get joy out of being useful. Well, right, right. Or at least a feeling of usefulness. I don't know if I'd call it joy. But, yeah, I completely understand what you're talking about. He felt... Like he had purpose in being helpful in a way, I would think. Anyway, when Travis finds him, he's a little uncomfortable and shocked that his baby Chris has learned how to, you know, skewer zombies in the head. Okay, how would you feel if you saw one of your children in a situation like that? We have girls, we don't have boys, but how would you feel in that situation if you came upon that? I'd feel a little, uh, I mean, uncomfortable. Would you? Yeah. I would be so proud. I would high five, and I would be so happy. Have a little zombie party? I really would. I really, really would. You can't keep the zombies alive. You can't nurture them. You can't uh, doctor them. You can't do anything to make them better. Part of you would be happy that they were learning how to survive survive and and adapt, but part of you would... Would hate the end of the innocence, don't well, you think? I, yeah, but the innocence is gone. And seeing them take matters into their own hands like that powerfully and and with purpose, I would just be like, you know, high five. I would be just so happy. But 
Travis certainly doesn't. And he goes back to George and starts talking to him. He starts saying he had a pickaxe and he used to mow the lawn and take out the... Well, you know, I mean, I guess he could mow their lawn, Travis, if that's what you want him to do. But that's not really a priority in this time. And what he was doing was priority. And it was brave and strong. And he was coming out of his, kind of, his mopiness. He still, and, no, he still got that attitude, though. And dealing and talking to his dad, he doesn't. He never has a respectful word for his father. No, he doesn't. And I don't like that at all. And it's like I made a note of. I really think that even though he would do it, I would... I want to see somebody calling him on it at least. But in this situation, I was mad at Travis and frustrated with him too, wanting to uh, tone down the one thing that has made Chris feel some power and maybe some control over some of the stuff that's going on. So I, I didn't like it at all that Travis was doing that to him. But this is where George says this is how we manage now for as long as we can. And... George is kind of saying at this point, he takes him down to the water, and there's a big hole in the fence down there, and they're putting right. up yeah, like, they're some mending more fence. It, yeah. And he's just kind of telling them that this is it until it's over. Travis asks him how he can give up, but George says, I'm not giving up, I'm just mending a fence. But it felt very final to me with George. It was like they're looking across the waterway, and there's some kind of little resort area over there. George is not fixed on long-term survival. George is just... Which is surprising, mm. considering that he's lived out there like that and made this self-reliant yeah. area. You would think that he would be very fixed on long-term survival. Yeah, you would think. Kids. You're right. And plus, again, we mentioned it's an island. I mean, they could probably keep it pretty clean. You, I mean, yeah, better than some place that you don't have a water barrier anyway. But they see this resort area over there, and there's... Evidently, a few hundred zombies over there. Right. And they I think they wander over, don't they? I don't know if they have yet or not. Maybe. But I know that he said that once they find out they're over there, if they ever like get wind of them, that that's going to be a problem. Whiff of them, said, Whiff think, of them yeah. so he said. Um, Alicia is walking around uh, some area, and she has earphones in with music blaring in her ears. And I know the music was supposed to be meaningful to us, and it it was just sad and dark and everything that encompasses the way Alicia's feeling. And I get it. I'm tired of the teenage angst, honestly. But... Yeah, how's she going to hear a zombie sleep? I know. Yeah, she's not. I know she has two ear... At, at least pull one of them out, right? So you can hear if a zombie comes up. But she goes up to this little... It was a board for people writing their names down to go bird watching or something. So it's like some kind of recreational facility thing. And she draws the tattoo, the ink that her boyfriend drew on her arm, season one, episode one, that she then went back and tattooed permanently. That was the sweetest thing I think I've seen <laughs> in any of these shows. Meanwhile... Here we have Nick, where no good deed goes unpunished by him. But he finds a pill. Going through their house <laughs> looking for drugs. I know, and he finds some, but it's not what he's looking for. And then when the little girl comes in, did you notice he put them up and he put them as far back there on that cabinet or shelf I or whatever notice. it was that he could possibly get them. And on the way out, he was looking to make sure they were out of her reach. Right. Nick, Nick's got a little more depth to him than what she originally thought. This was Nick's fault. What happened to her was Nick's fault. She saw him. She saw the pills. She saw him. He was going through it. 
He left them there. Yeah, he did put them back, and he did. But the kids are familiar with the pills. They're, they're, I think they're familiar with the pills in theory. No, I think I think they're they're familiar with the pills because um, you know the little boy says later, you know, she took her pill. And and he mentioned them before, you know. You know, you might be right. I didn't think about that. Maybe they did know because they would kind of almost need to know, wouldn't they? Yeah, in case uh, you in know, case mom or dad, to the big yeah, something happened. Yeah, so I, George has probably put them through pill training. That is a great point. I was blaming Nick this whole time for that. No, I think she just got up there. But then and decided, why have them hidden like that? Why have them put up like that? Why not just have them like hanging in a bat with them in a baggie well, on the you, wall you with their name on it? would want to avoid that 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 situation that the little girl got herself in. Well, yeah, but you're kind of saying two different things. You're saying you want to avoid her having access to them, but she knew where they were and she had access to them. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Well, maybe, I don't know, maybe they knew, but they were supposed to stay away, and yeah. and she just decided she was going to get in them and, and take her power pill and, and keep the family together. I think maybe that's what that was about when um, <gasps> Melissa... I bet you're right. Yeah, the Melissa, mom went to them and said, you're going to go, and she, oh my gosh, yeah, I didn't dawn on me. The mom was, was telling, telling the kids they were going to go on a boat ride, yeah. and she went to get her power pill to, to keep, keep the, the family the, together. Yeah, to keep the family together. Oh. Oh my gosh, I did not think of that. Yeah. yeah, I bet that's what. Oh my gosh, that's creepy. Oh wow, that is so bad. I just have to take a moment with that. So then we see Strand and Daniel, and they're waiting on the boat. And Strand accuses Daniel of hovering over him. Like, I know. Wait, I know. wait, wait, wait! Like the specter of death. Have you noticed? Have you noticed that Strand is more comfortable around Nick than any of them? Mm-mm. Yeah, watch him. Watch his interactions with Nick. Well, he's he, known Nick longer. He confides things in Nick. He's more comfortable around Nick. He's more open around Nick. Probably because he, he knows nobody trusts Nick either. I just, I just think that that's that's interesting. Well, Maddie goes down to help Melissa in her garden. It's the next morning, and from the looks of this garden, I kind of made a note that it's got to be like late fall, right? Because it looked like all of the uh, yeah, leaves and yeah, stuff off. And, everything was dying. Yeah. And this is where Maddie asks her if she turned the light on by accident or were you signaling us. And Melissa goes into the fact that she has MS and she can't go. I also think it's kind of funny how Maddie's just inviting everybody along. That would be five other people that she's inviting on that boat. Three adult-sized people. Maddie has got her her nose all up in Strand's business and he just doesn't like it. No, but she really stands her ground with this stuff. I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I thought as big as that place was and as well as they were equipped... They'd just stay there. Stay there. Yeah, because they lost the guy who was following them. Right. Park the boat. You'll Nobody have the boat. You right. can still have the... Yeah. You've the, got a way to go if you want to go somewhere. Right. And use if that something as your, happened, you're Use escaped. that as your base. There's more people now, so you can defend it better. And the whole the whole... Uh, program. I think it, I think it would be a great place to stay. Right. You can grow food. Right, as evidenced by yeah. right, and they've got food, they've got supplies, they've got stuff, and it would be more people to help with the fending off. Of right, everything. that's what I mean to defend the island. But Melissa tells her that she wants her to take Harry and Willa. And Maddie's just as nutty as she is. And agrees. Well, to she it. just immediately. She didn't really agree, but she listened. But then she goes to telling Travis. And 
It's even crazy sounding to Travis. Yeah, well, Travis says you can't take a man's kids just because she, she says yeah. so. And Maddie says, well, we're not taking them, we're saving them. You're right, though. You do you do get that, that sense of desperation from her when she's talking to Maddie. She's desperate to get those kids out of there. She knows she can't go. She knows that George and Seth won't go. And she thinks that if she gets her kids out of there... They've got a better chance than if they stay there. Tell me why. Because we're sitting here saying, we know what's out there, kind of, right? We've watched how many seasons of Walking Dead, and, we've watched, well, and we want them to stay there. I wouldn't turn my children loose with strangers. Right, somebody you met last night? Yeah, You're going to pack their bag? Yeah. I wouldn't. But that's how desperate she is. But why? Because she doesn't see, um, she sees no future there. I don't see how there's less of a future you know, there than there is being a nomad. No, I, I don't either. But, I, I but, don't understand her thought process, really, but, but it is her thought process. Yeah, but Travis wants mind. to go talk to George about it. We see Daniel, then, going through the compartments of the boat. Man, Daniel has ramped it up. His, his, his curiosity has got the better of him. Now he's going through the bridge, and he's, he's going through locked compartments. He finds okay. a submachine I want to gun. point out, though, Daniel, mm-hmm. he's like Eugene, picking them locks. Now, how many people have you, uh, and Eugene from The Walking Dead, how many people have you known in your life, should I ask this question, that can pick a lock like that with a pocket knife? These mm. people are skilled, and we have ran into, out of what, maybe 50 people, we've ran into two of them. In the post-apocalypse. I well, that was I mean, it's good. probably, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. We should probably, in preparation for any possibility of any kind of apocalypse, it seems like the skill that, that comes in most useful is lockpicking. We should probably take a, go down to the community college and take a take course. A class Do on, you think they have something like that? I haven't seen it. Well, he finds that big gun wrapped up in a cloth and a map of Mexico. Yeah, Baja, California, and northern Mexico. So what's that all about? Uh, that's where he thinks that Strand, that this were his... The original his, his, destination. Yeah, his mystery uh, destination. I think that's what he thinks it is. Okay, they keep saying that the borders are closed, but you, there's no borders in the water. No, you can just sail right around. So I didn't really get that. Whatever Strand's up to... Strand was up to before the apocalypse. Right. So I don't know why Strand is still fixated on being up to something that was important during... Well, that's what we see, though. He's on the phone with somebody saying, it's all clear now. What's the latest you can push it sundown? I'll be there. Yeah, but all, all clear get. for what? I, mean, I don't know. Before the apocalypse, everything changed during the Is apocalypse. it a love interest, though? I mean, is it his family he's trying to get to? Is it... I mean, it's something. It's something other than money. It's not I drugs. I hope so. I hope you're right. I think yeah, it's that, something. That would be, that, that would be good. That'd be that'd be a pleasant surprise. If I'm, it were. I'm thinking he might be like a prisoner. Although you were right, why would he have on those clothes? Unless he talked somebody in that containment area out of their clothing um, to switch clothing with him. But a prisoner who was determined to make his escape. How would he know the alarm system and everything? How to drive that boat? I mean, maybe I, it was his before. Yeah, I don't. I know. don't know. I'm just. I'm guessing. It's. I'm guessing, and I don't really have it fleshed out in my mind, but. Then we see Nick, and he's telling Maddie and Travis that he thinks George was planning to, like to you Jonestown, said earlier, his whole Jonestown, family, yeah. his whole family, 
based on his pharmaceutical knowledge and the pills that he has found. Yeah, they look like poison. I, mean, I thought he was going to. I thought he was going to go into the milligrams and what type poison there too. for a minute. That guy, he was. He knows a little too much about pills. He knows he? a lot about them. Well, Maddie, Travis, and Nick go to pick up the kids, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. They're back there. Melissa's saying they're excited to go on a boat ride and tell them how to care for the kids, and George walks in. George shows up, sees a suitcase. Why have we not talked to George about this before now? Did they Travis, think they were going to just walk out of Travis there with those kids? Travis wanted to talk to him, but... Well, then Harry comes down, and he says that something's wrong with Willa in the middle of this conversation with George kind of freaking out. She took, she her, took pill. her pill. And so, of course, her mother runs upstairs and, and she picks her up and, and she bites her, her little eyes open. And wasn't that just... And did you see her little mouth? Her little mouth barely moved and she goes, you know. Another little fun fact that I heard on Fear the Walking Dead is area... Lebu, I think is her name, the little girl actress who played Willa, was actually Pete Campbell's daughter, Tammy, on Mad Men. Oh, really? Yeah, same little actress. And also, Harry was played by twins. The role was divided between a little boy, but between two little boys, Jeremiah and Maverick Clayton. So tell me, where did you see Seth before? Do you remember that? I don't remember, but I do know that I've seen him before. He was... Uh, I think Daniel's younger brother in Rectify. Okay. Remember? Okay. No. Was that the yeah. Was that the prisoner's name, Daniel? Yeah, it was Daniel. Remember, remember Rectify about the guy who was on death row and they got out and. He, You're right. Absolutely. They kept trying the to, younger the, brother. The DA yeah. kept trying to get him, you know, locked back up. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was Daniel's younger brother. Yep. He was saying they were saying that he had never used a fake prop before in acting and it really threw him off to have that pickaxe in his hand they kind of talked about the pickaxe uh seth and oh really yeah so that was kind of interesting but i thought all (coughs) so the pickaxe was a was a fake prop that wasn't real pickaxe well, they're not really sticking pickaxes through people's eyes. No, 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 those are not people. Those are zombies. Well, certainly. they're not real zombies. They're really people standing there. They're are like you telling squishy. me that they're using? They're not using real zombies. Mm-mm. No, they uh, maybe budget. I don't know. It's definitely fake zombies. But I thought these kid actors deserved a little bit of recognition in that because did they do a good job or what? I thought they did okay. I thought that that little girl they were talking about. Oh, you mean the little kids? The little kids, yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, Seth did fine, too. I don't picture him as a child. But, but the little kids, they were saying all the trouble that it took to get Melissa's neck, like, all packed up with this flesh and blood and everything. And if that she kind of essentially had one chance to... Reach up there and grab it and bite, bite it, it and make, make it, it right without yeah. having causing a lot of extra time and whatever. And I'm way paraphrasing, but they said she did it like perfect the first time. And they're like, "How did you do that?" And she said, "I pictured my dog playing with its toy or something like that." I mean, she wasn't on there, but they were talking about it, so I thought that was kind of neat. Well, then we see them taking Harry to the boat because even George is like, "Just take him, be gone, be gone." Yeah. George is going to stay. Strand, yeah. Well, now see, that's what I will talk about that in a minute. I wonder. What George was doing up there as as Willow was munching on uh, mom on her mom's neck. What do you think? I think he may have taken his pill. That's what I thought too. Because we don't see him on the pier, Mm-mm. and that's the last we see of George. And he goes in there; he's just sitting on the floor. But wouldn't he have 
handled Willa and Melissa? He would have handled Willa and Melissa, but we see Melissa, but we don't see Willa anymore. So what are you saying? I don't know if he maybe handled Willa and Melissa got past him. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's a mystery. We, we All we know is that Melissa made it out of the house. We don't know what happened to Willa, do we? No. We or don't know George. what happened to Willa or George. And by the way, George, seems like you would have come up in your in your mighty end times plan of something a little bit better than a pill when you know you got to put something through the brain. I mean, do you want to be a zombie when you die? Do you want your children to be a zombie? Now that's another. That's another good point. So I didn't like that. But, yeah, we don't know. I, I was hoping, thinking that he was going to stay there and take care of them. But then if he took the pill. But wait a minute. If they all take the pill, then they all get to be zombies together and keep the family together. Yeah, I don't know about keeping them together that way. But they take Harry to the boat, and Strand says to put Harry back where you got him. Yeah. Put it back where you found mm-hmm. Yeah, the kids are the definition of dead weight. Maddie turns oh, around. Oh, Maddie, she's always getting in somebody else's business. Would you have left that kid? Maddie, get your own boat, baby, Maddie, if you want to I'm save everybody. Maddie, I'm telling you, no, look, no. I don't always agree with her. I wouldn't have left that kid. Me and Strand would have fought as I wouldn't. Hard. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either, but all I'm saying is she's a little too... Uh, Mike, Strand says to put the five-year-old back out there with his dead zombie family. No. No, we're not going to do that, Strand. Get over it. So Seth comes on the boat with a gun. and. Yep, Daniel's about to pop him, and he says he can get one of them, and... You know, Daniel probably could have dropped him like a sack of potatoes before he could have got a shot. But he didn't want to. He didn't want to shoot. No, Seth. And then, so and Seth, Seth leaves Harry. with the boy, and then there's mom walking coming to down see the him pier. Off. I Made know. it to the pier, and she's walking down the pier with her neck hanging out. I know, and the little boy, you can hear him. You know, they're showing like their faces. Yeah, Seth tells him going, to wave by to the, the yeah, boat. but Harry's going, Mama, Mama. Yeah, when he's going so, back toward her. How did that turn so dark so fast? I mean, up until the last like five or six minutes, you knew something was going it's on. It's a zombie apocalypse. It's going to get dark fast. Man, it turned dark though. But we hear the gunshot go off. We know Seth has shot Seth his mother. shot his mom, and the boat gets underway. Yeah, they sail away. Well, next week. Who knows? Who knows? You Somebody's know. dying per Alicia. There's lots of zombies, lots of chaos. Their own land, it looks like a beach area or some sand of some kind, and Daniel pulls a gun as many zombies come over the hill. I think it's got something to do, and I think you brought that it up before. The airplane, air, yeah. yeah, the crashed airplane. As an aside, I did hear on Fear of the Talking Dead that Fear of the Walking Dead was just re-up for season three. So we know that after oh. this season, we get another season of it. We hope you'll connect with us here at Tribal Rant and become part of our Fear the Walking prequel podcast. So, Mike, how do people tweet you if they have questions or comments about our new podcast, Fear the Walking prequel? If you see my boat, turn your light on twice. That's how you get a hold of me. At Mike from TN. On Twitter. At Mike from TN. And I'm at Michelle from TN. Also, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tribal rant. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, so you can subscribe to us there. Please like us and rate us if you like what we're doing. 
And, of course, all this information is on TribalRant.com where you can email us or leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget we have a Survivor podcast that we do every week. So if you guys like Survivor, check out our podcast, The Tribe Has Spoken, here on TribalRant.com. The Americans, we have a The Americans podcast here on TribalRant.com. It's called American Reds. It's definitely one of our favorite TV series. We just started podcasting it this year, so check out our American Reds podcast if you're into the Americans like we are. Yeah, you should watch the Americans. You can see my girlfriend, Martha, on the Americans. (laughs) If you don't have anything else, then we'll be back next week for episode three, and it's called Our Oberos. So I'll see you then. Okay, well, you'll see me in about five minutes. Bye.